Luke chapter 5. I'm going to begin reading at verse 12 if you want to follow along. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city. Behold, a man full of leprosy. Who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thyself cleansing, according as Moses commanded, for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went, there a fame abroad about... But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear, and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. So tonight we return to the next portion of what Jesus sees. Do you know the chorus, Let's Talk About Jesus? Do you know that chorus? Well, I'll teach it to you if you'll sing with me, okay? Well, and my wife knows it. She'll sing with me too. So how many of you already know this? Let's talk about Jesus. All right, hopefully, maybe it'll sound familiar. It goes like this. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of kings is he. The Lord of lords supreme through all eternity. The great I am the way. The truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Want to try it with me? All right, let's try it together. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump it up just a little bit so you're not singing right at the bottom of your voice, all right? Let's talk about Jesus, the King of kings is he, the Lord of lords supreme through all eternity. The great I am the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Tonight in our Bible study, that's the focus that I want you to have. We're going to look at a lot of different things, but tonight what we really need to see is Jesus. That's what Luke wants us to see. Luke wants us to see something very specific about Jesus. And as you think about the book of Luke, and as we're going to study lots of pieces, here's the thought that I hope will come back in your mind regularly, and that is, Jesus cares. Jesus cares. In our commentary that Dr. Wearsby did, remember that the title he used was Be Compassionate. And he's telling us in that title to be like our Savior. And tonight as we look at our Lord Jesus Christ, I just want you to see something really important, and that is I want you to see the compassion. I want you to see that Jesus cares. How does he understand what we're like? If, you'll, if you just kind of will go back in your mind, think of Luke chapter 1, and I want you to think about his compassion. In Luke chapter 1, he understands the common you. Remember, he wasn't born in a palace. He was born to a common person, was born in a common place, and was announced to common people. 
And the first people to come and see him were common people. And the people that Luke draws attention to were the people who had just been faithful. He was misunderstood by many. In chapter 2, chapter 2 of Luke, um, and then in chapter, and, and, uh, chapter 2 of Luke, you read about his birth. In chapter 3, you read how he honestly addressed people, but he cared about them. You remember this truth and love thing? Jesus addressed their sin, and Jesus addressed their selfishness, and yet Jesus cared about them. In chapter 4 was the chapter of temptations. And what Luke was wanting us to see is Jesus understands what we're going through. He understands the pressures you're feeling. He understands what it's like to be tempted. He understands what it's like to be tested. And the exciting thing is Jesus never fails. Jesus didn't sin. And what is he telling us? He is the Messiah. He's God who came in the flesh and he understands how we are and yet he is almighty and he's over to where sin cannot, could not bother him. He clearly revealed that he was the Messiah. Now, we come to chapter 5 and we're, I want you to notice there are six different kinds of people that Jesus cares for. So, when we studied... Uh, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, Jesus cared for the crowd that was interested. In verses 3, 4 through about verse 11, Jesus cared for Peter. Tonight we're going to look at Jesus cares for a man with leprosy. Then what Micah taught us last week, Jesus cared for the lame man. After that text, you're going to see Jesus cares for the outcasts, the people who may be successful but are looked down upon because people either didn't like the profession or they didn't like who they were. And then we're going to see that Jesus cared for the religious people. You picking up a theme here? Jesus cares. Jesus cares. And knowing that... You know, I, I keep coming back to the whole thing that, as Micah was teaching, and that is these four men were consumed with this idea. If we can get him to Jesus, everything's going to be okay. We just get him to Jesus. There's so many things I don't understand in this world, but the one thing I do know is when I talk with people, if I can just get them to Jesus, Jesus can, Jesus can figure it all out. I may never get it figured out, but Jesus can. And my job is just to get people ushered in. I think I, I've mentioned to you, but maybe I haven't. In the little town where we lived in Iowa, um, during the presidential campaign, John Edwards came to visit um, in our little town. In our little town, there wasn't a lot of places where people could be. And so we met in the pizza place. So his big bus rolled into town and all his people get off the bus and he's there in the pizza place and I'm walking through downtown and this lady walks up to me and says, hey, did you hear John Edwards is, is here speaking? I said, yeah. And I mean, this pizza place was packed out. 
And she said, well, would you like to go in and hear him? And I said, well, yeah, I kind of would, but it's really packed in there. She said, oh, just come with me. And so I'm following this lady, and we're walking in, and we walk past the front part of the pizza place, and we go to the back section, which is where they were having this meeting. And she takes me past everyone and plops me down right in the front, right by John Edwards. Do you know who that lady was? That was his wife. I had no idea who she was. Now, she wasn't the presidential candidate. She wasn't the one that everyone wanted to hear. But she knew if she could just get people in to hear her husband, that was who she wanted everyone to hear. And that's exactly what it is with us. You know, I don't have to be smart. I don't have to be special. I don't have to be anything other than I just have to know if I get people to Jesus, that's all that matters. And that's what's so exciting about our study tonight. All right, so let's look and see. I'm going to give you a couple ideas here. First of all, in verses 1 through 3, the crowd. I want you to notice something. Each of these are different scenarios. In verses 1 through 3, the crowd wanted to hear Jesus. Remember what it said? And the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. So some people want to hear Jesus. And Jesus taught them what they wanted to hear. And he taught so that all could hear. Because you know what? He cared about those people. But there was a unique man that was in the boat. His name was Peter. And Peter didn't think he needed to know what everyone else knew they needed to know. He was fishing. He was tired. He was letting Jesus go out in the boat because Jesus asked him. So Peter gets in the boat and he lets out a little ways. And after Jesus is done teaching, Jesus taught Peter. And Jesus approached Peter. The people approached Jesus, but Jesus approached Peter and taught him what he didn't know he needed to know. And you know what he needed to know that he didn't know he needed to know? that Jesus was the Messiah. He had authority over all the fish so that when Jesus said, get in the net, all the fish said, yes, sir. Now, who could do that? Not, not some fish and show guy. It was the creator. Now we come to verses four through, uh, 12 through 16, the man with leprosy. Now, here was a man, remember, so you've got the people who wanted and came to Jesus. You've got Peter, who Jesus came to Peter because Peter didn't know he should have been asking those questions of Jesus. Now we come to the leprous man, and he wants to come to Jesus, but he can't come to Jesus. And what did he need to see? Now, he wanted to be healed, but I hope by the time we're done with this Bible study, you will see what Jesus was really showing, and that is he showed this leprous man he was God. He was everything that he needed. So let's jump into the passage together. And we begin, it says, and it came to pass when he was in a certain city. Now, I don't know which city this was. People have guessed at it, but the text doesn't tell us which city this was. It says, behold, a man full of leprosy. Now, do you remember what Luke's profession was? He was a... He was a physician. He was a doctor. So when he writes, here is a man that is full of leprosy. Here was a doctor looking at a patient saying, 
this guy is in bad shape. Now, a man full of leprosy, it would, it would be obvious if he's full of leprosy that leprosy had totally taken over this guy. And I appreciate it. Uh, maybe some of you have read the author John Phillips. John had a couple observations. One was the Jews regarded leprosy not as a normal disease, but the Jews regarded leprosy as something that God did to punish someone. And there would be a good reason for that. There are nine cases of leprosy in the Bible. Would anyone like to guess? Anybody remember who the first leprous person was in the Bible? Who was it? No? You're close, you're close, you're close. Anybody else? Naaman, no, but he, he is one of the most prominent ones. Moses. Moses. Remember when Moses put his hand in and pulled it out and it was leprous? He's the very first one that's mentioned. So if Moses put his hand in and pulled it out and it was leprous and it was something that God did and the second one was Miriam... And if God struck Miriam with leprosy, can you see why in their mindset, you get leprosy and you have been struck by God? So here's this guy, and he is full of leprosy based on what the text says. You know, he says, behold, behold, see a man full of leprosy. This is an observation. He's saying, look. This guy is totally consumed with leprosy, which means he is very progressed in the disease. It would be obvious to look at him that he's progressed in the disease, which means he's had it for a little while. We don't know anything more about it, but in their minds, here's a guy who has been struck by God for something really bad that he did. I remember. Luke is building all these different examples and he wants us to know something about Jesus, doesn't he? He wants us to know Jesus cares. Jesus understands what we're going through. That's why it's so exciting. Let's talk about Jesus. When we dive into this Bible study and we get all the facts and we start pulling everything up, let's never lose sight of the most important thing and that is we just need to see Jesus. We need to see Jesus. So, we read that, Behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him. Now, a leprous person was not supposed to be in a crowd. In fact, he was supposed to keep his distance, and he would have to cover his lip with a cloth, so you would, he would be veiled, and he would constantly be saying, Unclean, unclean. Leprosy does to the body is a visual representation of what sin does to the soul. And you'll see in Leviticus, we'll talk about that in just a little bit, you'll see in the book of Leviticus, which is one of those books that most people go, I don't know, Leviticus is just too hard to read, it's too hard to understand. But Leviticus talks about how you can be right with God. 
how you can be holy again. And Jesus is going to specifically use Leviticus, though he doesn't quote Leviticus. This is the place where it tells you what to do according to the law. So you've got, you've got leprosy, which is this incredible picture of what sin does to the soul. Leprosy, what it would do is it would begin to work on the nerves to where you no longer would have feeling in, in, your, in your senses. So you'd go to grab something and you don't feel it anymore. So what would happen to a leprous person is you would get a, a sore and it would begin to continue and continue. And what happened is, is with that sore, eventually it would get to where it would damage your nerves. And so now not only do you have that sore, but you don't feel that you have that sore. Can you see why the illustration of sin is so much? In our society today, people don't even realize that they're being damaged. We sin and we become deadened to that sin and now that sin begins eating us up to where we are in full-blown sin and it doesn't even bother us anymore. So here was this man who at this point was in full-blown sin. It says he was full of leprosy. Now, you'd mentioned um, you've got uh, Naaman, King Uzziah, Gehazi. These are well-known leprous people in the Bibles. But, you know, I had a co-worker who was not, he wasn't leprous, but he had this same thing where he couldn't feel. He had worked in a, in a factory, his arm got caught in a press, and it literally flattened his arm. And they could put it back together, but he had no feeling. And I remember, I was in, I was in high school, early college, and during the summers, we were cutting grass and doing lawn maintenance stuff. And we had some larger pieces of equipment. We were always working on stuff or loading things up. And we had to really watch him because he had no feeling in his arm. And often he would be chaining down a tractor and we would smell skin burning and he wouldn't know it was his arm. And you know, that is what sin does to people. And when we see people around us, it's easy to be angry at people and to just be upset and say, I can't believe they act this way and I can't believe they do these things. But what you have to understand is sin does to your soul what leprosy does to your body. And people around us desperately need to get to Jesus. They need to get to Jesus. You know, we can, I can get so frustrated listening to the news and I can be frustrated when I look at different people. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I've been judgmental. I've, I've mentioned to you in my, this past year when I was driving uh, commercially, it was such a good thing for me because I was with people that I never would have been with. I was with people who didn't talk like me. They didn't look like me. They had very inconvenient piercings in places I didn't know you would pierce. They had ink in places that didn't look right. They didn't wear their hair the way I wore my hair. And the thing I realized is every one of those people just needed Jesus. They just needed Jesus. If I could just get them to Jesus. Now, they had to choose. But at least I could get them to Jesus. Let them see him. So... How does this happen? How would leprosy happen? Well, it started maybe with something small. 
Maybe he would be at work and he would come home and he'd say, oh, I've got this sore on my hand and he and his wife would bandage it up. And, but it didn't go away and it kept getting worse and kept getting worse. And finally, he'd have to go to the priest and the priest would look at it. And Leviticus specifically tells you, if you want to read about it, it's in Leviticus chapter 13. He would specifically say, if it's this and if it's this and if it's this, then it's leprosy and you've got to separate from everyone else because if you don't separate from everyone else, what's going to happen? It's going to spread. Huh. Can you see how sin often looks like leprosy? And what happens, so he, he goes to the priest and he shows the priest, but here's what happens so quickly. All of a sudden, if the priest says, this is leprosy, he doesn't go home and tell his wife goodbye. He doesn't tell his kids goodbye. He doesn't say this is what's going on. He can't go back. So here is this man full of leprosy. It is incurable. It is more than skin deep, is what Leviticus says in Leviticus 13. And I want you to notice, the man seeing Jesus, how does he get that close? I don't know, maybe he kept saying, unclean, and the crowd kept spreading out, the crowd kept moving back and moving back, and he would say, unclean, and take another step, and the crowd would back up again. Maybe that's how he got so close to Jesus. I don't know, but I do know this, he got close enough that when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and besought him, pleaded with him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. So I want you to notice something. I want you to notice this man's confidence. He believed Jesus could heal him. He believed Jesus would heal him. He believed Jesus could make him clean. Not just heal him, but would make him clean. Because remember, leprosy was something they viewed as a judgment of God. And look at verse 13. I want you to see that Jesus cares. And he put forth his hand and touched him. How long had it been since this man had been touched? I don't know. But Jesus touched him intentionally. It wasn't that he brushed up against him. The text tells us Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. Jesus was concerned about that man. I want you to notice Jesus decreed the healing. He said, I will. Now, what does that tell you about Jesus? He is the great physician. He is the one who's in charge. He is God. I love this. In Hebrews chapter 1, if you want to just keep your finger here, but if you don't mind flipping over to Hebrews chapter 1 for just a moment, I want you to notice how the writer of Hebrews writes this. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things, and here's the phrase I want you to notice, by the word of his power. Do you know all Jesus had to do was to say, I will. Be thou clean. Jesus decreed the healing 
in saying that Jesus was releasing this man from a certain sentence of physical death. And then notice verse 14, what Jesus said. And Jesus charged him to tell no man. Why would Jesus do that? Because there was something that had to take place for this man before he could go out in public. He could say, I'm clean, all that he wanted to, but the law specifically said, you have to be checked out by the CDC. No. But, you, but the law was saying, you have to be checked out to make sure that you are genuinely clean. He said, but go, show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. If you want to see what the, what the sacrifice for cleansing was, you've got to go to Leviticus chapter 14. Now, at the heart of this elaborate procedure was this. This is what the man had to do. He had to bring two birds. One was going to be killed. The blood of that bird was going to be sprinkled on the other bird, and that dead bird's blood was also going to be sprinkled on the leprous man. And he would sprinkle him seven times. And the symbolism was that that bird, his was taking the punishment for that man. And that man was covered in the blood of that bird. The second bird that was sprinkled with the blood was released up to heaven to say that this man had been forgiven. And the next thing that would happen is that man who had been cleansed, he was the one who would then get to go back and be with the people. He now had been freed because the blood had covered him. There was this elaborate symbolism that God wanted people to see. Now, here's the unique thing. So how many people were the priests regularly saying, you're clean? Now, we know they were regularly saying, you are unclean. But how many do we have in Scripture where they went through this procedure? I don't know of any. You've got Moses, who God cleansed. You've got Miriam, who had to sit out for seven days, and then God cleansed her. I don't know of any others. You've got Naaman, who went into the water and came out cleansed. But you really don't see much. And you notice what Jesus said, go and do as Moses commanded, verse 14, end of it, for a testimony unto them. Jesus cared about the priests. And Jesus said, go and show what I've just done so that they will believe that I'm, I'm, I'm the Christ. I would guess that those priests, now I'm just conjecturing, I would guess those priests had to go back and read Leviticus chapter 14 to know what to do with a person who's been cleansed. Because they never did it in their lifetime. So he shows up and he goes, I've been cleansed. My leprosy is gone. And they're kind of looking at him. They're going, okay. Um, 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 um. Okay, this shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought before the priest. That's me. Okay, and the priest shall go forth and look at the camp. Okay, that's you. And the priest shall look and behold the plague of leprosy. Just hold on just a minute. And he'll be healed of the leper. And he'll be... Okay, we need two birds. Running water. 
we need some cedar wood, we need uh, some hyssop, we've got to dip this, you got to, and I'm sure they are literally doing this because they've never seen this. What was Jesus wanting them to know? The Messiah has come. With Peter, he showed, I'm the Lord of all creation. If we need fish, I can give you fish. Remember, he, he told Peter another time, he said, go cast a hook, grab the fish, open the fish's mouth, grab the money out of it, go pay your, your tax and my tax. Who could do that? Only Jesus. For the priest's sake. For a testimony unto them. Now look at verse 15. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. People saw what happened to the man, and they came to be healed of their infirmities. You know, the crowd confirmation is this really happened. And narrative is so much fun because we love stories. We love just to hear about stories. But as you look at the story and you look at what's taken place, there's lots of things we could draw from this text. But the reality is this. Jesus cared about that man. Jesus cared about a man who was so far gone he was full of leprosy. Wouldn't it be really fun to see the change in that man? His skin, all of the feeling come back when he goes home and his wife is shocked. His children are shocked. What happened to you? I saw Jesus. Remember how on Sunday I was talking about the one unique thing you have is your testimony. What God did in your life. How God has done what he's done to bring you where you are. Now, to share our testimony, we have to be willing to share that we're sinners. We have to be willing to share, I didn't have everything together in my life. I was a liar. I was a thief. I was an adulterer. I had wicked thoughts. I was a murderer. I hated people. And God had to change me. He can do that for you. You just need to get people to Jesus. You know, I, I'm so excited to be here in Fargo because we're around a lot of people who don't even know they're sick. We're around a lot of people who think they're being religious and they're hoping they're going to get to heaven. And it's not my job to beat them up. It's my job to get them to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will do a great job of convicting them. Now, I want you to notice the last thing, and that is verse 16. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. You know, the interesting thing is, usually when we see incredible things happen, we're pumped and we just want to keep doing and keep doing and keep doing. What did Jesus model for us? He just went back to the Father. Prayer demonstrates dependence. Pride represents independence. We try to do things on our own. 
We try to make things happen, whether it's with other people or in our own lives, and we just keep hitting the wall and keep hitting harder and harder and harder. I'm, it's going to happen eventually. It's going to happen. And Jesus taught us, no, just go back to the Father. If anything's ever going to happen here, it's going to be the Father. It's not going to be because we're so much better than anyone else. It's not going to be because we're right and everyone else is wrong. It's going to be because the Father chooses to empower us. So there are many side applications to this text tonight, but the main ones are this. Jesus cares, and without him we are hopeless. Last week we looked at the passion of the men who wanted to get their friend to Jesus the physical need of that man only reflected his spiritual need, and that's why Jesus said, which is easier? Is it easier for me to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, or your sins are forgiven? Which is easier? Well, it was, neither was easy. The only difference was they could see the one they couldn't see the other immediately. So he says, so that you would know I can do this, I'm going to do this. Jesus demonstrated by his teaching that he is God. Jesus demonstrated by his control over nature that he is God. Jesus demonstrated by his healing that he is God. 